Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. The Cardinals will play the Washington Nationals today. Every Cardinal spring training game is on the radio on the Mighty Mox and Rick Horton and John Rooney have the call and Rick Horton joins us now from Jupiter where he's been covering the Cardinals for a while now. Great to have you with us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Rick, how you doing? I'm doing great, Randy, and it is a beehive of activity right uh, here as we speak. At Roger Dean Stadium, there's 56 players on the field doing all kinds of things. They're taking infield. They've got guys playing catch down the left field line. And, uh, you know, we're getting close to that April 7th day, so it's getting pretty exciting. Yeah, Rick, well, take us into what's going on in Jupiter since we aren't there and you have boots on the ground. It's Oliver Marmol's first spring training, even though it's a truncated, truncated spring training. But what's it been like so far? Well, Ollie is such a confident guy. I, I think when uh, Cardinal fans get to know him better, he's, he's not – you know, he's not a boisterous guy. He's not a loud guy, but he's a competent guy. He was asked today uh, why Miles Michaelis wasn't pitching in the uh, game against the Nationals. And he said, well, you know, I know Miles, and uh, we're going to have him pitch on the backfields, but I need to see Drew Verhagen because he's competing for that fifth spot, and I need to see him. And he said that very directly and, you know, kind of doesn't mince words. He's very honest, and that is what he's been saying really all spring. He says, I'm going to be as honest uh, as I possibly know how to be to the players and to Cardinal fans about what's going on. Rick, the Cardinals do have a pretty good read on Verhagen, but they don't have as good a read on some young guys like like Libertor or Nolan Gorman. Do you think the late start and the abbreviated spring training causes those guys to miss out on on an opportunity? Yeah, I I don't think it helps them at all. I mean, clearly, especially the guys on the roster, you know, I mean, that that becomes an issue with the young player on a roster. I feel like Juan Yepes probably hasn't had enough uh, swings, even though he's a guy that we're all pretty high on and excited about with his power that he showed last year in the minor leagues. But, you know, you can kind of tell that, you know, the minor leaguers, I was down here, uh, guys, in the really first of February, and the minor leaguers were down early, a lot of people down here early, but the roster guys obviously weren't. And so, uh, you know, you got you got to show yourself pretty quickly. And I'll say one thing, I've, I've been thinking today at the ballpark, beautiful day, how thankful I am that there hasn't been that classic Florida rain period where we've had four games rained out. That would be awful uh, for this spring training for any major league team. That's a really good point, Rick. I haven't even thought about that, that that could derail things as well. But we've talked a lot about the Cardinals pitching staff in the wake of the Alex Reyes and Jack Flaherty injuries. Mm -hmm. We've talked a lot about their offense and what we expect. One thing we really haven't discussed, at least here on our show, is the outfield. When you look at Tyler O'Neill, Harrison Bader, and Dylan Carlson, you have Two gold glovers. You have a guy who finished third in rookie of the year voting. It feels like if all three of these guys continue to take that next step, we could be looking at a really potent threesome for the Cardinals. I think you're exactly right. I, I think Tyler O'Neill is actually going to get better. I, I, I really feel good about him. I think the same of Bader and, and Carlson, actually. So, uh, but, but, but Tyler O'Neill could be a frontline player in the National League. I feel like he's that good potentially. And, uh, you know, it's a different spring for those guys. They're not here looking over their shoulder at the next guy in the minor leagues that's coming up or the other prospect, or I'm three out of five guys, you know, vying for a job. They're, they're acting and walking around like they belong here, which of course they do. So uh, for guys like Newt Barr, you know, he's going to be an uh, important guy, I think, as the season unfolds. And Corey Dickerson, a left-handed bat off the, uh, whether as a DH or off the bench, wherever they might use him. You know, but I do feel that those three guys are our guys and maybe our guys for a long, uh, a long period of time in the outfield. They do a lot of things well. They all run well, and you know, especially uh, O'Neill and Bader, and they all defend well. 
Rick, uh, it was interesting last year when Flaherty was hurt, and we all blamed June on Flaherty, and John Mozeliak would say, hey, don't forget, Bader was hurt too. And then you look back, and the Cardinals were 21 games over 500 with Harrison Bader in the lineup, 61 and 40, 29 and 32 without Harrison Bader. They had a losing record. How important is he to the Cardinals and why? Well, he brings a lot of energy uh, to the, 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 the day in, in a lot of different ways. It's not just in the, on the field, in the dugout, but you know, he's a guy that plays with uh, a lot of intensity, a lot of emotion, and I think it does rub off on guys. And I, I said last year, you know, I, I thought that um, it kind of came to me that you know, when you talk about leadership, there's a lot of ways leadership can come out. But, but Bader leads in the area of promoting excitement and urgency, I think, uh, on, on, on the Cardinal team when he's playing. And, you know, honestly, I think all the Cardinals need to do, guys, is just do whatever they did those 17 games in September and just do that all year long. I mean, just, just be, be I like that perfect. idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, that, that would be great. It's a good, pl- it's a good plan. You just got to go out and execute it. <laughs> no doubt. Well, Rick, Randy proposed a question on the show today, and I want to ask it of you. So Albert Pujols still out there. If he wanted to return to the Cardinals for a minimum salary, if you you were in the front office. Is that something you would consider? Oh boy! If I was in the front office, I would want him around. Uh, yeah, but but I, I would say I probably I would certainly consider it. And and I don't think salary is really the issue here. I think the idea is you know what young player are you slowing down their growth? Is a guy like uh, Yepes ready to go? You know, interesting. The guy that managed uh, uh, the AAA manager for the Cardinals who managed Yepes last year played with Albert Pujols in the minor leagues and he started to, you know, we talked on the backfield about three weeks ago and he started to do a little comparison and, and then he caught himself and he said, well, I don't want, I'm not telling you he's Albert Pujols, but, but this guy like Albert hits first and powers second. And I think Albert always said that about himself, that, that he wasn't just a guy that was just a, you know, going to hit, not a home run derby guy, but he could flat out hit. And Albert's, you know, Albert's the best player I think I've ever seen uh, for the 10 years that he was a Cardinal, but you know, clearly he's not, 25 is not 30 anymore so i i would say I, I i would have to think about it but i wouldn't want it to uh to slow down the development of a young player rick horton with us on 101 espn and rick as you know my favorite players are generally i'm partial to the 6 295 pound pitcher which you were and packy yeah. naughton is the cardinals bring packy naughton in from the angels have you had a chance to see him throw yet and is he a guy that's going to be here on april 7th I, well, it's it's going to be difficult for him because the manager's not going to get to see see him. Ali Marmol just addressed him uh, moments ago in the in the media scrum, and I, I left that to, to chat with you guys. But the last thing he was talking about was the fact that he's going to go to the backfields to not only watch Miles Michaelis throw, but he wants to watch Naughton throw. He's going to throw in the backfields, and their question to him was, you know, is he going to get a fair shake? Are you going to be able to see him enough innings? And and Ali said it's going to be hard. I mean, it just is and. You know, you play two weeks worth of game. This weekend, we'll be at the halfway point of spring training games, and that's almost a stunning statement. <laughs> I mean, yeah, think right. about that. Wow. Because we, as I've been saying, uh, I mean, I've said it several times this spring, it's both early and late in spring training at the same time. <laughs> so he is, you guys are both six two hundred ninety five pound left-handers. You're a UVA guy. He's a VaTech guy. Does that color the way you think about him? Oh, you better believe it. <laughs> well, and I, and I think even more so because I had Virginia Tech going further in the in the uh, NCAA, and they and they because I thought they were playing well at the end, and they lost. And I actually tweeted, "Virginia Tech disappoints me again." So I mean, so you know, I've got a lot of great friends from uh, Virginia Tech. I just uh, well, I don't admit it often. Uh, Rick, who'd you have winning your bracket? 
Well, I had Gonzaga, so oh. I'm real. <laughs> I'm in trouble. Hey, I, I had Kentucky, Rick. So don't feel bad. I was out on night, on night one of this whole thing. Hey, we love what you guys are doing on the radio, and it's always great to hear your voice. And uh, you're a great friend, and we appreciate you coming on with us. Always great to talk baseball, and I'm sure we will during the course of the season. You bet. You guys are great friends, too, and enjoy your day, and then look, looking forward to April 7th, the home opener. It's going to be great. Yeah, we'll see you there, Rick. Take care. Bet. That is Rick Horton joining us on 101 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.